Hello and welcome back to another episode of That's What People Do, which seems to be bi-weekly now. I hope everyone's okay with that because life for me and Ryan is very busy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as always, I'm James Kane. I'm joined by Ryan. How are you on this fine, fine Friday morning, Ryan? I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, totally good. <laughs> I think Ryan's good. Um, the world's falling apart around him, but Ryan's good. Well, that's what I was. I was going to say like I'm good considering, and then I was like, oh, do you know, what? I might. I try not going to maybe not mention it, but I, I, you can't not, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, it's topical, isn't it? Hopefully, in a, a month or however long time, someone will be listening back to this episode, be going, oh yeah, remember that. So like mm. all the the Russia invading Ukraine stuff's going on at the minute. So I know Ryan had a look, and we don't really have any Ukrainian listeners. So, but if you are Ukrainian or you have family there, like our thoughts are obviously with you. Um, if you're Russian, just. I beg you stop. Yeah, or uh, you know, argue against it, shit, man. It's not, it's not right. Um, yeah, then you get thrown in prison for treason. So uh, your hands are kind of tied, yeah. Aren't they? Um, luckily, we've got Kerry Katona on the job. Um, <laughs> if if, if no one's seen this, if you are foreign listeners uh, in the UK, we have a public figure, Kerry Katona. I think she was a singer once. Um, she's now a bit of a meme. Um, and she appeared on one of our daytime television shows and um, there's a big thing it's like Kerry Katona tells Putin to stop and it's like that'll do it <laughs> he must have seen that interview and be like yeah yeah alright fair enough Kerry Katona's got it you told me <laughs> yeah but anyway you don't listen to podcasts to listen to the news tell that to some people at my uni <laughs> you listen to podcasts to just have a good time and maybe learn a thing or two well um I mean, today's episode's not going to fucking cheer you up, is it? But it's interesting. Brilliant. Because as you clicked it, you would have known that today is about Jeffrey Epstein. Um, I do want to say I'm sorry that this isn't the Mormon episode that I know I've been promising for a while, but I am very busy and I understand that that would mean a lot to a couple of listeners, so I want to do it justice and not just kind of race through it. Um, so that will come at some point in the future, but when I have. The funny thing is, is when you told me that you were doing Jeffrey Epstein. It, you went. I think you said something. How you were like? I'm so, honestly, I'm so busy at the moment. I just can't. I can't sit down to like take the time to write the Mormon episode. So I'm gonna do Jeffrey Epstein instead. <laughs> I was like, that's. I don't get that. That's just as big a fucking monumental task. What is it with you and no, picking mean, monumental I mean, tasks at the moment? I just found it interesting. <laughs> Basically, right. You want to know how I did this episode? I was flicking through Netflix, being like, I just want to watch a documentary. Like that's what. I, that's kind of what I want. I want to be my source of this. And then I saw Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich, and I thought, you know what, that sounds fucking great. Because I don't know much about Epstein. Obviously, I know the, the basics around it, but I don't really know the ins and outs. And the documentary was good. I, I thought it was enjoyable. Yeah. So, yeah. here we go, Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, before we start, um, we ne- me and Ryan are going to try our absolute best to not libel anyone. So I will ask Ryan. I was supposed to do this off air, but I'll do it now. Um, I mentioned specific names of people that he's with. Yep. Try not to mention anyone else other than those names. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, we libel people and we're fucked. Um, <laughs> also, <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, and also, a trigger warning for people. Obviously, this the, uh, episode is going to feature themes of sexual abuse to young girls and women. Um, so, just a heads up. None of it is massively graphic. I don't go into graphic details about the crime, really, but obviously. We all know what Epstein did. Yeah, it's so. not it's not a Ryan episode. It's not a Ryan episode. <laughs> There's no people being torn apart and mutilated. But there are people whose lives were ruined. Yeah. So with that being said, let's crack on. 
So Epstein was born on January 20th, 1953 in Brooklyn, New York. He grew up in sort of a middle class environment. Um, he was incredibly bright. Uh, he skipped two grades, which I know in America is a thing you can do. You can skip grades in school, which I think is bizarre because over here you do school whether you like it or not at the same pace as everyone else yeah that's so bizarre you get the odd stories of saying someone oh, i went to harvard at 15 you know, but but why <laughs> yeah it, it's, it is mad but hey if you're clever you're clever and apparently epstein was a very clever man not to give him any kudos he's also a cunt <laughs> he was also fired for um later teaching jobs for poor performance so he wasn't like i don't know it was a bit of a... T- I don't know what to say. I just want to use really bad words when I talk about Epstein, obviously. But, however, to get the the job as a teacher, he lied on his resume about having the required degrees because, obviously, he didn't have the degree. Yeah. And when questioned about it, he turned on his charm and he just completely admitted that he didn't have the degrees and he completely admitted that he lied about everything, but he still wanted to be considered. And um, I don't know if you've watched the episode, uh, the documentary, Ryan, but the, the, I think it was the head teacher at the time said that this man was so charming and so like eloquent that he thought you know what i'm going to give you a chance um and they didn't really want to cast him out because he had nothing so so they gave him a second chance yeah um and the headmaster says that this is his biggest regret because arguably this is then what set epstein up to go on and do what he did yeah yeah um because during his time as a teacher, he would meet parents because it was very well-to-do school. He would meet parents who were in investment banking, and this is where he made his money. Yeah, it's ch- charisma takes you far. Like, it's they always say it's not what you know, it's who you know. And in this case, Jeffrey didn't know much, but like in this case, it's like it's who he knew, and that head teacher liked him enough to give him another chance. Mm. Yeah, it's. I find it. Fa- I always thought that he was just born into wealth, but evidently not. No. Also, another. Sorry, I should have done this at the beginning as well. Um, this episode is not chronological. Obviously, our usual format is chronological. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of difficult to do, so it's kind of split into subsections, which I'll sort of highlight as when when we get to. Okay. The but it starts at the start, ends at the end, but the middle sort of all over the place. Before he got his last teaching job, uh, he got a job at Bear Stearns. It's sort of like a big banking company in the US. And this was based on his talent with numbers, so he was very good with numbers, obviously, to get into finance. And he climbed the ladder there very quickly. I mean, why wouldn't he? He was a clever white guy in the... When, where were we? In the 60s? 70s? <laughs> Probably 70s, 80s at yeah. that point. Uh, in 1981, he started his own financial consulting firm, Intercontinental Assets Group. Uh, which sounds like the most boring place on earth. This company did a fair amount of dodgy dealings, including embezzling money and also in aiding those who had uh, lost money via embezzlement. So it's called a double-edged sword there. And in 88, he set up J. Epstein and Company, which basically just served billionaires. And this is where he started to grow his client list. In the mid-90s, the company was moved to the Virgin Islands, so they don't have to pay any taxes. <laughs> How many companies do that at the minute? A lot of them. Uh, he was a billionaire by this point. He was an absolute billionaire, but no one knew where his money was coming from because his job, obviously, you would gain a lot of money, but not the amount of money that he was getting. Yeah. So this is a massive red flag. Like, where is this money coming from? And without saying it, I think we can all assume where this money is coming from. Uh. <laughs> Unless anyone needs me to spoon feed it to them, people were paying him money for, for favours. Mm. And we all know what the favours were. Mm. <laughs> 
alleged favors because you know we can say alleged. we can say epstein did but we can't say anyone else can we i'm not allowed this to is, this is the thing <laughs> some people we can say that they did and we'll get to them but other people know we were <laughs> yeah um the island oh sorry jump a bit uh, little st james he bought in 1998 which is his famous island and he bought that for around eight million dollars it's a really nice island and i thought that was really cheap yeah i've had a little google maps of it but, and uh, yeah it does look quite all right it's quite a nice sized a island. Really nice island um yeah we get we get to a whole bit about the island a little bit but yeah really nice island just it was solid with ship yeah um and this island is where most of the acts that we're familiar of hearing took place uh, he had houses in Palm Beach, New Mexico, New York, and Paris. All of this alongside his island, and obviously these were very nice houses and apartments. And these were all worth tens of millions each. In Palm Beach, he lived in close proximity with, and I'm going to do it, Donald Trump, and they became firm friends. I, I can get away with saying that one because they, there's literally pictures of them together being friends. I'm not accusing Donald Trump of doing anything behind closed doors. I will, but on, on Trump has way. also said that that they were friends or like there's there's an old interview of yeah. him saying how he was like a he's like a good guy or and then he's saying here he's like a good guy but he likes girls on the younger side and it's like back then trump never was accused of that kind of behavior or stuff anyway so yeah it's trump's out of that in that sense yeah he got he got away with it. obviously there's a clips of trump being like grabbed by the pussy and stuff <laughs> like that we we know that trump's a bit of a deal yeah um but there's never anything to convict him, unfortunately, because he probably made those things disappear. Oh, yeah. Well, that, you know, I, I imagine he's like many a man of his uh, generation. Oh, yeah, for sure. We get onto a bloke in a minute who was part of the Trump administration, um, Anthony Acosta, who was heavily involved in getting Epstein off of his first crime. Oh, yeah. He's the Attorney General, isn't he? Fascinating. Yeah. Ooh. So, so th there was definitely shit going on. And a quote from Trump, uh, Trump himself is, he, brackets, Epstein, brackets, likes beautiful women as much as I do, and they're often on the young side. That was side. it. This is a direct quote yeah. from Donald Trump. So even if he didn't take part in the behavior, he knew about the behavior. Yeah. And this is the thing. This is kind of difficult. Um, rock stars of, like, the 70s, like the Beatles and, and like, all those big, bands or whatever of the time it was totally like seen as normal for some mid-20s to 30 year old guy dating some 16 15 year old like you saw that mm. everywhere just like groupies and like young girls screaming at these concerts and then like these just middle-aged men like having teenage girlfriends and that was totally normal back then and now you look at it and you're like, yeah. that's so weird. Like, that's so weird. I remember when I was at school. This sort of behaviour is so fine with people in power and money. Yeah, it is. That. It's as long as you've got a bit of fucking clout, it, it you people seem to forget this stuff. Like, But I, I was say, I remember when I was at school, to date, a, to have a girlfriend who was in the year below, you were called a paedophile. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, when you're kids it's just stupid isn't it? you're like oh you paedophile <laughs> schools, schools are very unforgiving like my partner now is four years younger than me and she likes to bring it up all the time if that was at school like to put in perspective i think i was at university and she just like she was finishing secondary school and it's like uh, mm. <laughs> oh dear the threshold is crossed uh, later on in life where it becomes okay like 
Yeah, like once you hit your 20s, age ain't nothing but a number. Exactly, and as long as there's consent. <laughs> yeah, as long as there's consent. Yeah, school is... Uh, also, sorry, if I could, and I, I don't, I don't want to, like, mug you off here if you don't know the answer, because I don't know the answer either. I don't know what a hedge fund manager is. I'm not going to lie to you, Ryan. Neither do I. No, I don't understand sure it either. people listening uh, who do know a hedge fund manager, I don't know, something to do with finance. And the second anyone mentions finance or numbers or money, my brain switches off. It's not how I work. Yeah, so I just can't understand how he's made his money. Like, I get he's good with numbers and uh, is it like an accountant? I don't know. Um, but yeah, if listeners want to let us know what a fucking hedge fund manager does, by all means, let us know. Uh, no one's told me how the Australian Football League works, so that clearly shows that it's the most. Really it's the most. Com- it shows it's the most complicated thing in the world because no one knows how it is. No one's messaged me to let me know. Right here we go. This is I've just googled it, and this is what comes up. A hedge fund manager is a financial company or individual that employs professional portfolio managers and analysts in order to establish hedge funds. Hedge fund managers typically. Right, this is just about how much they earn. I don't know, but all it says is they establish hedge funds. What is that? I don't know. Anyway, we, we, we won't get bogged down with this. This is, We'll do that in our own time. So, let's crack on. In 2005, the Palm Spring Police Department received a call from the parents of a young girl claiming they went round to a gentleman's house and were forced to massage them in a sexual manner. And it was apparent that this house was Epstein's house and the young girl in question was around 14 years old at the time. And similar cases then emerged where Epstein would entice young girls and women to his house, ask them to strip and massage him whilst he pleasured himself. That phone call sort of set off a domino effect of other victims coming forward. This progressed and young women in interviews stated that he would have sexual intercourse with them. Epstein would get these young women into his house by offering money for massages without any indication of sexual activity. What, uh, when they were in there is when he'd begin removing clothes and forcing them to do the same and naturally young women in this situation were afraid and did what he asked because he was an adult both with power and money and in that situation you don't really know whether he could get violent uh, during this he sort of set up a spider web of contacts where he would pay these girls to bring him more girls and they would bring friends from school and they would receive a few hundred dollars each and a lot of these girls and women would come from backgrounds where money was scarce so this was quite a good way to make money and with this, Epstein would essentially create a human trafficking ring where the victims would traffic themselves. Mm, it's it's when you like, it's one of those that like when you take everything uh, case by case or person by person. Um, it it not that I ever do, but I've, you, you when you get people try to like defend it or victim blame, and you look at it by girl by girl, you're like, uh, people can make up these shitty victim blaming methods. But when you take it all as one thing, like you've just done there, you're like, it is just human trafficking. Like it's it's awful. It's taking advantage of people with not much money. And obviously, when you're you're young, and you have these big powerful people telling you to do stuff, like there is that element of fear. You do what they say, you freeze. And I know a lot of people say like, why didn't the girls run out? Why didn't they do this? This like it's so easy to say after the event. But when you're in a situation where you're scared. The, the easiest way to get out in, at that point is to do what they want. For sure. And like you have to remember as well, some of these girls lived in broken homes uh, and someone's offering them $200. And you think, where the hell are they going to find $200 if it's not this way? 
You know what I mean? Like, mm. uh, like uh, however young they are, I don't know the ages exactly, but I think what it varies between like what sort of fifteen to sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, um, um, I think fourteen was the youngest. Uh, I think I heard. Yeah, so like, giving a teenager who has no real sort of uh, prospects at that time, maybe have a broken home, and you're going to offer them $200 for, like, what, half an hour? Like, mm. I mean, yeah, there's quite a lot. I'd have done it 15 for $200. Like, mm. <laughs> like someone offered me... And we me- get onto it um, later in the episode as well. He would have sort of his favourites that he'd take around the world with him, and he he would offer just that. He'd take them to places they'd never get to see, staying in mansions... Uh, he'd pay for their education. He'd pay for their family's education. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so like tough, isn't it? Because I understand why they do what they did, and I understand that I understand both arguments. Where like if you know it's wrong, don't do it. But at the same time, I also do understand where like this man is gonna offer me a, a a private jet to go to this one place, and all I have to do is just get one girl to like come and give him a massage. And it's like yeah, the massage is a bit uncomfortable and a bit awkward, but like you get two hundred pounds at the end of it. Like I can understand the arguments for both. Mm. so like yeah, I, I, yeah. I get it I get it and I don't necessarily agree I know in the uh, Filthy Rich documentary there's one woman who isn't she charged as uh, a trafficker uh, as being part yeah, of his yeah, game yeah. and it's like no she's a victim like at the time she's 16 mm. she's a victim she's a child in American law like not even old enough to do anything at that point one of the interviews I think was a really eloquent way of putting it is their entire life then became through Epstein, their education, their work, everything. So the second that tie got cut, they would have nothing. And this is how he kept them on board. Yeah. Well, yeah. Look. It's sort of, uh, I, th- I think she described it as he opens the door, you walk through it, and then he slams the door closed behind you and you're stuck. Yeah, no, totally. And I, I'm assuming we're going to get into uh, Jufre at some point soon. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. with her, her whole career was going to be based on this guy. He was going to send her off to do a masseuse course and she's going to be the best masseuse mm-hmm. in the world and do all these fancy courses all around the world. And it's like, well, yeah, as a kid, you know, someone's going to pay for that. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I do worry, like... Uh, I, I know a lot of uh, female friends of mine who have gone onto, like, sugar daddy websites uh, and mm. use them uh, to help pay off things. Uh, or like mm. get uh, uh, dinners and all this kind of stuff and you do worry sometimes about them and I'm like oh just be careful like really do be careful like there's one one of my friends I hang out with uh, she was like telling me about it for the first time and I was like is that safe and she was like yeah yeah it's totally fine and I was like okay okay like, I, I don't know girls man you're brave girls are brave <laughs> as long as you're in control and you know how to get out yeah 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 it's it's, it's yeah. bizarre it is. Um, but following these investigations, he was ultimately charged on just two counts, soliciting a minor for prostitution and procuring minors for prostitution. He served 13 months of an 18-month jail sentence before he was released on good behaviour. And we, I'll go into a bit more detail about that in a little bit, about why he got such a, a short sentence. Um, could we, just for a second, uh, what was... Sorry, what was? remind me the name of his conviction again. Uh, it was two counts, soliciting a minor for prostitution and procur- uh, procuring minors for prostitution. Right, well, okay, on both, it makes sense. Um, um, securing a minor for prostitution. I don't understand how that is different to child abuse or child rape. I don't understand where that differs. There was no charges of direct sexual abuse. But so, so okay, so what he's accused of is 
procuring someone for that, but not yeah. for doing it. Yeah, and I think he argued that in like the, he argued that he was sentenced quite harshly for that at eighteen months. When in New York, I think it was a two hundred dollar fine. I think he said. Whether you take his word for it, I don't know. Right. Okay. But, so that's the difference. So it, the, the the charge is saying that you brought girls in for that reason, but they didn't charge him for necessarily going ahead with the re- thing that he brought them in for. Right. Yeah, okay. I understand now. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, which obviously is bollocks, but hey. Yeah, yeah, staffed in it. It's like, why have you got all this burgling tools in the back of your car? Uh, no reason. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I've arrested you for... Ha- That's actually a crime. You can get arrested for having tools for burglary without having done the burglary. That's mental. Yeah, you're like... It's like, but yeah, because they would all they argue, why would you have it if you weren't going to do it or if you haven't done it? Why would you have them? And it's like, yeah, I suppose that makes sense. So in this case, like, why would you secure, why would you, and as it's put, why would you procure a minor for prostitution if you're not going to do it? Mm. Yeah, this is the, this is the thing we'll get onto. It's, it's, it was all very shady. Um, in the 80s, Epstein met a man called Les Wexner, a multi-billionaire who owned Victoria's Secret. Wexner would become Epstein's biggest client, and this is where rumours that both parties strongly deny um, that they were lovers and sleeping mm. together. I, the, in an interview with Epstein, obviously he refused to answer any questions. You could tell the the uh, detective was really trying to get him, and he kept asking whether he was having sexual intercourse with Les Wexner, well, Les Wexner, who was a an elderly yeah. gentleman. And it was really pissing him off. It was quite funny. To watch. It was, isn't it? <laughs> um. Not to be a bit, well, actually, can I just <laughs> shall, shall I shall I create a conspiracy theory right now? Go on. Maybe that's what Victoria's Secret is. That's the secret. That's the secret. <laughs> yes. Fucking hell, you cracked it. <laughs> so Epstein was having an affair with an elderly. Gentleman. I do quite like the idea that it is the same of uh, Epstein being sort of to Wexner what those girls were to Epstein. Mm. Allegedly, yeah, I suppose, like, allegedly, down. he denies yeah. it completely. Allegedly, oh yeah, because he's still alive in it. Fuck. Um, Epstein would use Wexner to get close to young women, saying he was a talent scout for Victoria's Secret. And obviously, there's lots of young women who wanted that opportunity, so they'd turn up uh, just to be sexually harassed by him. Lawsuits were filed, but nothing would ever come of it, and it was never followed up. And also, one of the th- notes that I put here that I think is important, apparently he had an egg-shaped penis. Oh, that's Just such a well. funny moment in the depo- deposition. <laughs> it's mm. like, how would you describe your penis, I think is how they put it. And he's like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. Then they start describing an egg-shaped <laughs> yeah. penis to him. Oh, what a funny shape. <laughs> they were just trying to piss him off. Yeah, it was funny though. It worked because he walks out, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, during his time in his first stint in jail, he was on work release 12 hours a day, six days a week. Um, this isn't correct procedure for a sex offender. He would pay prison guards $42 an hour to basically give him special treatment. And during this time uh, out of jail for work, he could, like, uh, there's no evidence that he did, but he could fly young women to his office and engage in more sexual activity. Uh. Um, or he could get pictures sent to him. And after he was released from prison, he was under house arrest, which he violated pretty much every day by leaving his house, going to his island, going to his office, going uh, wherever he wanted. I, I hate it, man. And it, we're gonna, we are going to get onto it later, uh, but it just shows that the rich can get away with anything. Oh, they can do what they want. There will be some. So, uh, there will be some. Sorry, there will be some 
20-year-old lad who's in the same prison for minor drug offences, like just having mm-hmm. possession, and he will yeah. not be let out. And yet this guy is a sex offender, but because he's minted, he's allowed to just go on day release. Yeah. It, the the system's flawed. So now we've got onto the section of uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. Uh, I don't know if everyone's heard of her, but Ghislaine is uh, basically Epstein's right-hand woman. Uh, she is said to be charming. Her dad was a newspaper publisher in England. When she arrived in the US, her dad died and his reputation was sort of in the mud. Uh, Epstein almost took her on board, but she defo had daddy issues and Epstein filled that gap. She yeah. was extroverted, confident, very good with people. And manipulative is probably the word I'd use. Yeah, She it's, would it's, become... Sorry, it said that her manipulation sort of came from growing up with her dad. Um, yeah. In that... I think she was she's the youngest isn't she um and she would or her dad would berate all of her siblings like dress them down in public like to just mug them off and like mm. have a go at them for the most stupid fucking reasons just to put them down and put them in place yeah. and like she was the only one who like managed to dodge the majority of it and she just got very good at playing him and like sort of getting what she wants out of him and so like that's yeah. how she learned all these manipulative tricks to like get powerful men to do what they want yeah she would become a huge part of his life helping to traffic young women and on the nights where young women and girls would come to his house Ghislaine would be the one to initiate the wrongdoings of the night she would get them to massage Epstein before removing clothes and forcing them to engage in sexual activity often involving herself she was arrested on July 2nd, 2020 and charged with four counts of procuring and transporting minors for illegal sexual activity and two counts of perjury. She pled not guilty but was denied bail. Her sentence will be given to her in June this year, 2022. However, news broke, I think last night I was looking this up, um, that the defence have called for a retrial because one of the jurors has failed to de- uh, disclose that they were sexually abused as a child. Yeah. So it- the defence is arguing that the that this has caused him to persuade the jury to convict her. Yeah. And he's currently being questioned. Uh, I don't know. There's a documentary uh, on ITV about Ghislaine's trial, I think it was. And um, it's one of the jurors that's on the pro- on the documentary. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's so stupid, isn't it? Because that's literally part of like on the questionnaire to get the jurors. And it's like, have you been sexually abused in the past? Like, do you have any experience mm. with this? And he's blatantly lied. Um, yeah. which obviously has put the whole fucking case into jeopardy and then what they yeah. worry about the, 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 the fear they have is that if there has to be declared a mistrial and they have to do it again that the uh, victims won't go back up and do their uh, testimonies again they won't do it again mm. because it's it's harrowing enough to have to do that in front of so many people and especially with such a public trial to have to come out and talk about your experience in that way and to then be told that that didn't work, we're going to do it again. You'd be like, do you know what? It's not going to happen. And the, they mm. worry, the worry is that they won't stand on the dock again uh, to speak. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen and she serves the rest of her life in um, a fucking hellhole. Uh, yeah, obviously we're not covering the trial uh, in any sort of detail here, but if you are interested, if I could recommend a podcast, it's by Global. Uh, it's called Hunting Ghislaine uh, and it's uh, uh, John Sweeney. You know that uh, B- the old BBC 
journalist who mm. started screaming mm-hmm. at Scientologists. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, Panorama. yeah. It's yeah. him. Uh, I enjoyed it immensely. He's got such a lovely voice to listen to. Uh, but yeah, he does. He covers the entire trial and uh, Ghislaine's backstory, how she got into with Epstein, all this sort of stuff. It's really, really uh, in depth uh, and worth a listen to if you are interested in the trial aspect as well. Fascinating. So we'll move on. Uh, and now this next little section is all about Epstein's Island. Little Wee. St. James or Little St. Jeff, as he called it. Oh, that's also yeah, what he called incredibly... his penis. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's an incredibly isolated island with luxurious rooms, guest houses and beaches. Nicknamed the Pedophile Island. It oh. almost certainly is what it, that's what it was. Survivors have given accounts that orgies would take place there all the time with young women and young girls. And also important people came to the island. Um, I think it should be said that just because someone important is on the island, that doesn't mean they're engaging in the acts that Epstein was charged with. Yeah. So that just clear that up. Um, though a worker on the island on the Netflix documentary did say that he saw... Now, I'm going to say this once because Ryan said that he wants to call him something different. That he saw Prince Andrew on the island, but from here on out, what do you want to call him, Andrew Edward? Because he's not a prince anymore. Yeah, we're just going to call him Andrew from now on. He's not. Cool. Uh, he's not a cool. uh, prince anymore. He has been stripped of his titles, but said that he was seen on the island um, inappropriately touching young women. Other important people frequented, but I can't libel them, so it is what it is. Um, maybe go look that up in your spare time. Epstein would rape people on this island, and he did it with no remorse. He felt, and at the time probably was, invincible. He could make problems disappear and nobody dared questioned him. And a lot of people knew what was happening on the island and everyone just let it take place. Yeah. Yeah, but then... Uh, so, like, the, there's the cleaner, isn't it? There's the cleaner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he talks about how he definitely saw stuff and he knew it and it wasn't right. But then at the same time, again, it's it's the whole same thing with the victims when they first started out with Epstein. It's like, well, this guy is got you with this job and he probably pays a bit and above uh mm. to have you there and probably pays a bit and above for your silence um and if you come from a poor background it's like oh it's, it's just one of those things where like money trumps morality almost every time mm. it is a sad sad truth yeah. um some of the victims that some of the guests that victims would meet is alarming. And again, I need to stress that just because a celebrity is pictured with Epstein, that doesn't mean they're engaging in illegal activity. Some would see Epstein as a rich celebrity to go and hang out with and genuinely could have had no idea what was going on. That being said, go away and look into Epstein's like little book of names. Some of the names on there are very interesting. Mm. I, 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 I want to go into it in more detail but I, I can't um, because he has been charged I can say that Harvey Weinstein was in the book and he would abuse young women with Epstein shocker and the sh- yeah shocker I know the striking thing is people who continued to hang out with Epstein even after he'd been charged with procuring a minor for prostitution these people probably knew what he was up to and continued to align themselves with him rich powerful people generally think they're invincible and often won't question wrong behavior for example harvey weinstein there's obviously no question that actors directors producers all sorts of people that worked with him knew exactly what he was doing but they continued to work for him with him for the benefit of their career you can want your career to go well but if it's off the back of sexual assault and turning a blind eye to sexual assault and rape then your career should be forfeit totally agree totally agree once again money trumps morality yeah it's 
It's horrible. But yeah, do do go and look at uh, it, it's it's fascinating. I can't say it on here because I don't think we'd get libeled on a podcast like this. I don't think the people would listen, but it's just in case I don't have the money to go to court. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah we're not we're not big enough yet, but that black book is interesting. Yeah, there are some fascinating names on there and people have had to come out and defend themselves. Yeah, because there's some of them where they're not they not only have their name and number in it, but they've got like 13 different phone numbers for like one person. Mm. And you think, why would you need so many phone numbers for one person? Yeah, one name that did keep coming up is Bill Clinton. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, the Clinton who strongly uh, denied ever being on the island, but was seen on the island. Yeah, so again, yeah, like you say, what you want. It's important to mention this stuff that these people do deny any wrongdoing uh, from the get go. Yeah. So now we get on to Virginia Gaffray. So Virginia's the only survivor I'm going to name in this episode because I, I want to give all of the survivors airtime and stuff, but I also want to do it properly, and I, I, I don't unfortunately have the time. So. Virginia is the one that I, w- I will name. Um, Virginia Gaffray, formerly Roberts. You'll know her face as she's the young woman in the image of Prince Andrew. Sorry, Andrew, that we've all become familiar with, where he has his arm around her waist. Yeah. I think we've all seen that picture now. She was and is instrumental in the downfall of Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, in the documentary, she openly admits to being sexually abused by Andrew, uh, who has now reached a settlement of around £12 million to settle it out of court. Um the sexual abuse for the first time took place moments after that image was taken, and the twelve million that's being touted around now is part being funded by the Queen, which also means it could be taxpayers' money. Uh, but either way, the royal family are putting money into sexual abuse claims against him. So that's an interesting little take. Uh, uh, he has since lost all of his royal titles as well. I don't want to be seen to be defending the royal family in any way, shape, or form. However, <laughs> uh, I have. Uh, been very curious about the whole do we pay for certain aspects of the royal family so there was especially Mm. harry and Meghan's wedding uh everyone was like oh if we paid for this if we paid for that is it taxpayers money that goes toward this are they using it to fund frogmore cottage and all this stuff um so i did some digging a little while ago and uh it turns out that for as much as we pay like all the money that we put in tax wise that goes to uh, the royal estate, uh, it turns out that <clears throat> obviously the queen being the largest landowner, uh, she actually earns more money through just her lands than she does through taxpayers' money. Uh, I think it's something in the region of like so like twenty million or something. Or does the royal estate making like tax or something silly? It's it's mm. really small actually comparatively, and that's like their allowance from tax um but i think they actually make more money just through through private uh land ownings rentals all that kind of stuff so i because i always used to say oh you know get rid of the monarchy because it's a waste of money and then now i'm like oh that doesn't work because it actually does pay for itself and some <laughs> uh so they can i suppose as long as they can keep paying for themselves cool fine whatever uh, I do think, yes, although the Queen has said she is part funding his settlement payment, I don't necessarily think it's coming through taxpayers' money. I would have thought that it would come through private funds. I, d- I think the Queen is too self-aware to uh, leave any trace of it being funded by the public because I think she knows that that would not go down very well. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. Uh 
but that being said, she is still funding. She is a, yes, an alleged she, sex offender. She is yes, and and the difficulty that we have at the moment is uh, uh, public uh, opinion is. It doesn't matter what happens in court. Public opinion is what matters overall, isn't it? Uh, legally, mm-hmm. he will say, well, listen, uh, a court of law uh, didn't prove me guilty in any way. And, uh, and the public will say no, because you didn't get that far. And what most people tend to say is by paying her off, it shows there is possibly it's some guilt. guilt. Yeah. Why would you pay someone off if you knew you were innocent and you knew that if he went to court... Because he did come out and say he wanted to go to court, have his day in court and prove himself to be innocent. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, for whatever reason, his legal experts seem to have advised him that he doesn't do that. And now he's paid them off. Mm. Uh, again, it implies some form of guilt. Um, to be balanced, um, if you were uh, Dufre, uh it doesn't look very good either. Uh, it shows that the rich can get away with anything in that they can pay themselves out of it. She had, if, 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 uh, if she has a strong enough case to take it to court and give him, uh, a good legal slap down, why not fucking take it? Um, why does there need to be a payment settlement? Like surely, uh, having him found guilty in court is more, is worth more, um, and that's a big argument that's going on at the moment. When 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 that settlement figure came out, a lot of people were victim blaming, which I don't agree with in this instance. Um, but some were putting a rather uh, eloquent argument forward of being you're almost uh, taking the severity of it all away by saying that it's okay to pay for this stuff and get away with it. Yeah, it's literally what Epstein was doing. Um, so, yeah, the whole Andrew thing is. Um, that's a that's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I understand, like mm. you know, it's done for her. But I imagine for a lot of victims, it just it just shows that the rich will still get away with it at the end of the day. There's no there's yeah. no accountable accountability to their actions. Let's sort of continue down the Andrew route a little bit. Um, the interview where he denied ever meeting Virginia despite photos being taken. He said he doesn't sweat despite images of him with Epstein <laughs> and sweat on his shirt. Uh, he said that he has no recollection of the image ever being taken. But I don't know how that's possible. He says he was at Pizza Express the night they met. Like, why the fuck would a prince go to Pizza Express? The interview made him look so guilty. And if you haven't seen it, just go and watch yeah. it. Just for nothing else other than it's completely astonishing. Yeah. Because if you didn't think he was guilty before, you watch that interview and you're sort of sold. You're like, why has this man done this? It was the most moronic thing he could have done. And I think that it just shows that uh, he's just not with it in general. Like, he's totally out of the loop of general public and how people think or behave or act. Because he genuinely Mm. thought, I am so smart, I will get away with this. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you're not Mm -hmm. really good at this, are you? He completely fucked it. Um, But workers on the island have supported claims that they witnessed Andrew sexually abusing Virginia. So... There's, there's witnesses yeah there. well it, it unfortunately it's not going to go any further um that's it yeah that's the end of that unfortunately uh anyway back to virginia Ghislaine asked virginia to have a child for her and jeffrey virginia would have to give birth to the child but sign all rights over to Ghislaine and jeffrey um and this is where virginia sort of fled she found love and she got married without jeffrey knowing she rang him and told him that she got married and started a new life he was shocked, angry, and he hung up the phone. 
And that's when Virginia and her husband Robbie decided they were going to go after Jeffrey and his co-conspirators. Yeah. So this is how he got caught, the section of how he got caught. Well, he's already been caught, but how how he, you know, how he met his end. During the investigations, the investigators would be under investigation themselves. Say investigation one more time. Epstein was getting annoyed at the line of questioning and told his people to follow investigators and victims. Houses would be watched and families would be threatened. Epstein would have his private investigators go to victim's house and shine their car lights into their house or uh, the victim all night, which must have been so intimidating, especially considering a lot of them were women living alone. Um, These were intimidation techniques in order to get victims to drop charges they were filing, and they also wanted to harass the investigators to a point where they didn't want to continue anymore out of fear for their lives and their family. The government had a very large amount of info on Epstein and were essentially refusing to do anything about it. This is a key example of money talks. The FBI were told under no circumstances to talk about the case and something fishy was definitely going on. Um, Could he have paid people off? Or perhaps there were politicians and other powerful people at risk of being embroiled in the investigation and just wanted it to disappear. In my humble opinion, and this is my opinion, money changed hands. Um, I think cases were thrown out and a man only getting 18 months for having sex with minors and prostituting minors and all of his co-conspirators getting off completely free is something's gone on there and this is where Alex Acosta gets involved um because what happened is he pled guilty and then he didn't have a trial so he played it was settled before the trial even took place and all the victims and the prosecutors were sat there being like what the fuck they didn't get to say anything mm. yeah which is bizarre so then in 2019 uh, the FBI this was found to have co-conspirated with Epstein under Alex Acosta's direction, and he was now part of Trump's administration. Alex Acosta at the time was, I think, as you said earlier, the Attorney General. He was the one over this case. Um, This was to do with the original ruling where Epstein was sentenced to only 18 months, and now the case was open again. Epstein can be charged properly, as can his co-conspirators. The world had changed at this point, helped massively by the Me Too movement, and allegations of women about sexual abuse were being taken a lot more seriously. Epstein was arrested for charges relating to sex trafficking. For the survivors of his crimes, this was a very liberating time, as it felt as though they were finally being listened to as opposed to being silenced, and more than a dozen women came forward to accuse him of abuse, and there will have been countless others as well who he would have abused. His apartment was raided, and they found thousands of indecent images of young women and girls. And they also found, and this is key, diamonds and a passport. And this hinted that he had an escape plan. He asked whether he could pay like $500 million for bail. And he was willing to give all of his assets over. Um, But this was refused because he was an extreme flight risk. Hmm. Right. This is where we get onto the bit that everyone talks about, about Epstein. And I'm going to read this passage, Ryan, and it's going to end with a question. And you're going to know what that question is, but you've got this passage to think (laughs) about it. On 10th of August 2019, news broke that Epstein had hung himself in his jail cell and he was deceased. This prison had held El Chapo, it held cameras, and it was built so suicide was effectively impossible. Reports are he strangled himself with his bedsheet. The cameras were said to be not working and the guards had fallen asleep. Survivors naturally very angry that he had escaped yet again because he never had a full trial and they never got to stand in front of him and look him in the eye and tell him what they, uh, he did to them. The prison was underfunded and it was ran by incompetent people. 
Suicide was improbable, but it wasn't impossible. A man whose life was over, with no chance of bail, was suddenly a great threat to a lot of powerful people. He had recordings of rich and powerful people participating in a human trafficking ring, which everyone knew he could use as blackmail because he had cameras everywhere in all of his houses, on his island, everything was recorded. Could he use this blackmail to get out of jail? Or as a man who had lost everything, was he going to drag those down with him? Or perhaps he just really wanted to put an end to it all and he just wanted to commit suicide? At forensics, there was no evidence he had leapt from his bunk or leant forward, and he had some strange fractures in bones of his neck, and these particular fractures were very rare and probably couldn't happen from hanging or leaning yourself forward. So, Ryan, did Jeffrey Epstein kill himself? No. There you go. You heard it here first. (laughs) That's it. See you next week. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, man. Jeffrey Epstein was suicide did. There's a difference. He wasn't killed. Mm. He didn't kill himself. Uh, he was suicided. He was murdered to make it look like he did it himself. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a YouTuber called Sean Atwood who's got like, I'm not joking, hundreds of hours of uh, f- uh video content on the Jeffrey Epstein case. Uh, he was a guy who spent some time in Arizona State Prison uh for being basically being a drug kingpin uh and so basically he's he he's quite uh intimately aware of uh how the american uh prison system works um granted that was a different state it was in arizona not new york um so things may differ however there are a few things that they talk about quite a lot and one of them is uh suicided as a as a term uh where um particularly uh they call them chomos, which is child molesters. Uh, mm-hmm. If the, if if ever a cho- uh, basically a, a chomo is um, a, a KOS, it's kill on sight. Um, as soon as they find out you're a child molester, they will kill you in this in this particular prison that he was in. And they'd use uh, mm. sometimes they use suicided techniques. So like they would uh, inject them with like uh, certain. Uh, drugs or whatever that w- it would kill them or make them look like they killed themselves so that obviously no one gets done for it and it's child murderers uh, child molesters uh, so people tend not to care that much um but when you put it into like when you put all those things like you just that that nice paragraph that you said that nice statement this guy has all the information on every single person uh and and you think I I don't ever think he would have killed himself. I think he was too uh, egotistical to do that. He loves himself too much. Um, the self preservation is is, but there's so many people that have their entire lives hanging on the balance by him just being in prison and being alive. That I think it is totally uh, plausible that his death was arranged. I'm of the same belief. I think the, I think the inqu- interesting question is who arranged that, though, because obviously there's a lot of powerful people that he had a lot of dirt yeah. on, and which one of them took the plunge. I agree, I don't think he would have killed himself because he's a man who has gotten away with things time and time again. Yeah. I think he would have been of the belief that he could have done it again. And obviously, because he was denied bail, I think that's when people panicked and thought, fuck, this is actually serious, he's going to get done mm-hmm. here. So they didn't want him to go to court because maybe that is where he would have come out with all of the information on on the people and perhaps being like this is where the videos are this is who i was with yeah. there's that um 
that one bone breakage that they say is the key piece of evidence. Uh, there's mm-hmm. that tiny bone or something in the neck that apparently in a yeah. hanging or a suicide hanging incident, that tends not to break. It's very rare. Uh, it tends to break during strangulation because immense force has to be put on the neck to stop the oxygen and blood getting to the brain. Um, yeah. And that's why they think that it was a strangulation that then was made to look like a hanging. Uh, and apparently the next door neighbor cell wise to Epstein was an ex cop turned criminal massive bloke i don't know if you've ever seen a picture of him he is huge this guy's massive with tattoos and everything Mm. um and it's thought that that was the guy that did it i think it was his cellmate actually um that did it uh it's interesting to think about that um yeah Mm. i i wonder like yeah you're saying who would who would like organize it i don't know i don't want to i'm not saying any names (laughs) No, it's just something to ponder. It's fascinating. But then there was also, well, obviously, Glenn isn't in, currently in prison and everyone's saying that just watch her, see if she kills herself yeah. or allegedly kills yeah. herself because she she has the same information. Totally. Yeah, she's just got as much information as he did. <laughs> she knows who was involved, who wasn't involved. She knows exactly what went down. Mm-hmm. Um, like, And that's the whole thing with Andrew. It's like they were saying about Andrew getting a... Well, Andrew's starting to sweat now, isn't he? <laughs> um like if he didn't then he will now because she's in prison and if she wants to get a better life out of it or whatever all she has to do is just start talking you know and she'll get a better yep. outcome also this whole thing that like epstein's guards fell asleep i'm like i'm sorry this is not a video game where like you just sort of hide in a bush for two seconds and they forget that you were there like <laughs> what do you mean they just fell asleep like <laughs> it's so weird it's like Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. or something. It's like, oh, we ply them with rum. Yeah, we're like trying to get the key off the dock. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like that. It's like, I'll get them so drunk, they'll pass out playing cards and then I'll just sneak out. It's like <laughs> it's like an episode. It's like our episode on Jack Shepard. Like someone comes in dressed mm. as a lady and confuses them for a second and then a guy goes in and <laughs> throttles him. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely foul play there. Um, So we'll just wrap it up with this last little couple of paragraphs. Even though he was dead, the judge did actually allow the case to move forward and gave the survivors an opportunity to testify against him because they deserved their day in court, even though Epstein had escaped having to face them. I think that one thing we can learn from this case is that money and power allow you to get away with pretty much anything. The justice system failed the victims for many, many years and allowed a man to commit many atrocities against young girls. Uh, There is no doubt that the rich and powerful people, celebrities, politicians were involved and benefited from the human trafficking ring. The US government themselves allowed Epstein to do what he was doing and the British royal family was also involved in at least one way through Andrew. Uh, I hope that the emergence of the Me Too movement and with greater education these things fail to happen in future and the people that engage in this activity are quickly brought to justice. I really do hope the names come out. Um, the survivors of this particular case have shown incredible bravery in coming forward and I hope they love the remainder of their lives um, and I hope they're happy and this just purely to show that Epstein didn't win. Uh, there's no shame in coming forward about sexual crimes, whether you're a man or a woman. You deserve to be heard and hopefully the failings, ignorance and compliance of the US government and the rich and powerful is a thing of the past. Mm, well said. Is all I have to say on the uh, matter. Yeah, as you say, at the end of the day, the rich and powerful will 
get away with everything. Uh, <laughs> go back in history, yeah. Uh, take Napoleon. Napoleon caused a fucking continental war. They put him on a tropical island for the rest of his life. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, or actually, it makes me think. Maybe Squid Game is not too far of a concept. Like I, may, maybe there is such a fucking thing as a Squid Game out there. You th- this is the thing about South Korean cinema. I was having this conversation the other day. South Korean cinema is so fucking on point with like the way of the world and how the rich and powerful work. And everyone just links, oh, it's Squid Game, this is fun. Like, li- Look at the fucking themes. This shit happens. Maybe not to that extent. But people are being abused both sexually, physically. People are being killed by the rich and powerful. And it just gets swept under the rug because they have yeah. money. Yeah, no, it's a perfect metaphor, isn't it? Like that big piggy bank with like billions of uh, uh, money uh, in it, and and people that are desperate will claw over other people who are also desperate just to get a sniff at it, and they know that, and they use it and abuse it. It's ah, oh, dude, man. It, it it's, it's a damn shame, but I think things slowly are getting better in terms of sexual abuse. Anyway, obviously it still happens. Um. And hopefully someone like Epstein can never happen again. I have no doubts that there are still sex trafficking rings among the rich and powerful. Yeah. Whether they'll ever come to light, who knows. Uh, I think Epstein sort of put himself on the radar a little bit too much. Yeah, it got too hot, didn't it? Not uh, right. Otherwise, if it hadn't, this would have blown over. Yeah, it, it's just fucked. It's so fucked. The rich and powerful can actually just suck their mom's like... Yeah, but yeah, go away. Go look at the black book. Go and look at not just because their names in the book doesn't mean they're involved. It just means they sort of met him. Obviously, I'm sure we've all met some shady characters in our time. Doesn't mean we agree with what they do or knew what they were doing or partook. Oh, for sure. <clears throat> but my my mum. Yeah, it, it's, it's my mum. It's a good way of starting it at this in this episode. Uh, my my mum uh once dated a guy that she absolutely fell in love with and i mean she still talks about it now like every now and then she would like tell that story and it's quite a fun story and she would say how hey, this guy was like the love of her life she thought well this this guy could be it uh met my nan uh, and all that and the family all loved him and they used to go to a pub uh together uh and he'd sit her at the bar he'd buy her a drink and he'd say right i'm gonna be back in 20 minutes if i'm not back in 20 go home and she'd go oh okay all right and, you know, he'd come back 20 minutes, he'd come back and they enjoyed the rest of their day together. And this happened a couple of times at the same pub. And then another one, he went, right, if I'm not back in a certain amount of time, go home. And he didn't come back. It turns out he was a bank robber. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. And when he's going away, he's like arranging it. And then in one instance, doing it. Uh, and he got arrested. Armed robbery of a bank, I think it was. I mean, that's quite funny, to be fair. I know. And I've brought my mum up a couple of times on this pod before, how she used to go to dodgy clubs as well. And I think, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. When it comes to bank robbing, as long as you don't like, hurt anyone in the process, I'm all for it. Like, have a fucking go. Fuck the banks. If you can get away with it. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Did, did I just... Did I just encourage... No, wait, no, I might edit that bit out. I just encouraged a fucking crime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, stop giving... I don't like banks. Stop giving criminals tips. And I think a well-planned bank robbery is a work of art. No, you're just thinking of Ocean's Eleven and all money heist. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Fun. Anyway, 
I'm done for the day if you're done for the day. I am certainly done for the day. I hope the listeners are done for the day. I hope after this they go, oh, fucking hell. Although, to be fair, go watch that Filthy Rich documentary. It's genuinely really good. Yeah, it's a really good documentary. Really, really good. All right. Uh, next week. Well, I say next week. Uh, bi-weekly now. <laughs> Maybe next week. Who knows? Oh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, listen, uh, like I've said before, I will continually say, uh, you guys listening are some of the best people out there. Um the fact that you stick with us even though our schedules are terrible um is is amazing uh, uh thank you so much if you would like to support the show uh, in any other way uh you can do so on our merch store pick up a shirt um i am at some point gonna get around to putting some new designs on there uh we did our little uh vote on a potential new logo uh we tried to just jazz up the one we have because you guys just like the og logo so we're gonna keep it um but the uh the newer one may go on a t-shirt so if you'd like to see that do let us know or it's gonna go on the store anyway whether you like it or not um <laughs> uh so that's gonna do uh, if you'd like to donate to the show you can also do so on our ko-fi page uh follow us on social media i've noticed a quite a few of you guys following us on instagram recently um do check it out because i like to post little artwork images on there of the episodes we do um next episode is going to be on a guy called nat turner um this was a listener recommendation um that's why i recognize it yeah yeah Uh, i'm quickly just going to find the name um so i believe it's drew um on your profile it says ae and it's rather confusing so uh it also says drew so i'm going to call you drew so if that was you drew that rhymed um thank you very much for the recommendation uh nat turner he is a um american pastor and slave um who leads a slave revolt and it leads to much blood so yeah look out for that lots of blood in the next episode so yeah thank you join us next uh, next episode uh thank you very much for listening and we'll see you then goodbye